Amen. Today's passage comes from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, and it reads, When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there, there appeared to them tongues as of fire, uh, distributing themselves, and they rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Now there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the crowd came together and were bewildered because each of them was hearing them speak in his own language. They were amazed and astonished, saying, why are not all of these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we each hear them in our own language to which we were born? Parthians and Medes and uh, Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, uh, 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 Pamphylia, Egypt and the districts of Libya around Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, uh, we hear them in our own tongue speaking of the mighty deeds of God and they all continued in amazement and great perplexity, saying to one another, what does this mean? The word of God for the people of God. Come, Holy Spirit, come. In Jesus' name, amen. In reading this particular portion of scripture, it, it became uh, very apparent to me that there was a single line that I just could not get past. It, it was a single line that, 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 that kept tugging at me, that kept making me want to think about questions I had never thought about before, a, a single line that keeps me from preaching a message uh, uh, from this particular passage of scripture that I've preached before. It was a line that, that was drawn in the middle of the page. It is also the line at where we stopped reading on this morning. And that particular line simply says, what does this mean? What, 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 what does what we just read mean what what can we grab from it what what is 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 so big in these few short verses that that impact our lives so much that we that I, I continue to get stuck at the simple question of what does this mean now I've been in ministry long enough to know that oftentimes uh, uh, these types of questions, these types of passages stem from where you are in life. It stems from your experience. It stems from the places that, that you struggle with. And, 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 and oftentimes it is something that the people that you speak to can relate to much greater than even you relate to. And, and so this question still resounds in my very heart. It says, what does this mean? 
I know that we are celebrating Pentecost and we, we know that, uh, that it is a celebration of 50 days from Easter. I, I know that, that, that it is the 50 days from uh, the, the first fruits. I, I understand all of that, but this question begins to echo in such a way that, that I think there are some things that we need to pull out of the scripture even before we address why we are here. What does this mean? I would argue that, that, that this portion of scripture proves to us that God is a promise-keeping God. You, you know, we find in the scripture that he said, in the last days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. I, I believe that one of the things that God is trying to get to us is the fact that Jesus is a promise keeper as well. As he told his disciples to go and to wait and to pray and you will receive power and be my witnesses. I believe that it is important to understand that the Holy Spirit kept his word as well as he gave them power and he gave them giftings. It is important to understand that what we just read means that God is a promise keeping God that that he has not left us that he will not leave us and that we are very much equipped for the journey ahead what does this mean it, it means that the work did not end with the death of Christ it means that the work yet continues it means that there's still work yet to be done and Jesus did not live he did not die. He was not resurrected and said, y'all figure it out. But instead, he, he gave us a comforter. He, he gave us the spirit that, that would come and empower us in such a way that we are able to do all that is required. What does this mean? It means that we, the church, are called into one body. It means that we, the church, are called into union. It means that we, the church, are, are unified under the badge and the banner that says that we, the church, have been equipped to go ye therefore, making disciples of all people. What does this mean? Hey, God, it means that nothing about your life, just like nothing about this story, is for not. The details matter. For instance, we know that Pentecost is 50 days from Easter. That's what we celebrate, but they would have known it as the 50 days from first fruits. And <laughs> we know that Jesus, the only begotten Son of God, the, the one that gave his life that we might have life, after all, is the first fruits. Amen. We know that during that time, devout believers would have come to Jerusalem during this festival. They would have traveled miles and miles and miles to be there. And Jesus called his disciples to this place to pray and to wait. We know that, that the wind, hey, as we read through the scripture, is emblematical or symbolic of giving life just as God breathed into Adam and he became a living being. Now we have the sound of a mighty rushing wind and all of a sudden there is life breathed into the church we find that languages is 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 big in this particular portion of scripture as it shows us that that there is no barrier too big for god that even a language barrier, what, what is placed in front of us that often divides us is not something that, that can hold the message of the, the goodness of God down. It is not something that can keep the gospel from going forward. It is not something that, that God is subject to. 
And even as we begin to look at the, the design of the scripture, we even find that there was originally 120 people in the room, which if you look at Jewish custom and look at Jewish law, in order to establish a new and valid synagogue, there had to be at least 120 men present. The details, they matter. What does this mean? It means that on today, that, that the Holy Spirit has already equipped each of us to be the church. The, the Holy Spirit has uh, empowered us in such a way that we are able to live this thing out the way that God intended. It, it, it means that we have to focus on the details. My son plays baseball. Many of y'all know that, right? And yesterday we were in Washington, Oklahoma. And so I, I drive out, so my, my wife drives out to Washington. I got to give her a prop. She chauffeured yesterday. And we get there, and they are like the 15. And there's this, this older gentleman on a tractor, and after every game, he speeds out onto the, 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 the field before any of the players can get there, and he begins to go and, and work the dirt. And then he gets out with his broom, and he draws around the bases to make sure that there's no clutter there. And he sweeps them off, and he paints the, the strip on the mound where the, pre, uh, the preacher, Lord help, the pitcher stands. And, and he sweeps the plate, and he sprays it so that it's bright white, and it pops, and he makes sure all the lines are drawn straight. And I noticed that game after game after game over like five or six fields, he has coordinated this thing where he does it after each one. And finally, I wanted to ask him why. I did. I, I wanted to ask, but I didn't. I just stood on the sideline and I began to watch him each time and how much he paid attention to the details. And finally, he came over to me. He said, I thank you for coming to Washington. I said, well, I'm grateful that you have us. He said, uh, are you wondering why I work the fields the way I do? I said, absolutely. You must have noticed that I was watching. He said, absolutely. The reason why I do this is my daughter played softball. And the field was so bad that when she stood in the batter's box, it looked like she was standing on her heels because the dirt was worked in a way where her toes pointed to the air and she could never quite get a good swing. And then when my, my granddaughter began to play, it looked like she was on her toes because the dirt was worked so bad that, that you couldn't really get settled the way that she needed to. And I said to myself, I can do something about this. So he got himself a tractor. And he learned how to make the clay that evened out that, that area of the field. And he began to work things and, and doing it in excellence. And, and, and he reminded me that he was a volunteer doing this for the church that owned the facility. And so in his mind, he was going to give the same field to whoever played there, no matter if it was the first game or the 20th game, and he was going to make sure that it was done in excellence in memory of all the things that he saw in his family, but as unto God, because in his mind, the details mattered. It showed how much he loved the players. It showed how much he loved his family. It showed the care and the compassion that was there. And what I also noticed is there were two young men that was helping him each time. And every time that, that they came, the, the young men did a little bit more. He was mentoring them to do what he was doing. You might ask, Brother Pastor, what does that have to do with this Sunday? And what does that have to do with this message? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> the thing that, that, that is important about this story is, is, is this. 
he made a promise not only to his family but to God that he would live as unto God and with the gifts that God gave him in his hands and the know-how that, that God allowed him to, to learn, he, he would do the very best he could with what he had. He, he, he stood and he, he, he made sure that everybody that, that wanted to know his story knew his story but knew what it connected to and why he did it. He, 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 he's mentoring the next generation to do the same thing that he's doing and this is, this is the crux of the whole matter. We've all been given something. We've all been given an experience. We've all been given a talent. We've all been given a responsibility and a job to do. And oftentimes we neglect the details and we even neglect the thing that God has placed in our hands because it's not big enough. It's not glamorous enough. We won't get any awards for this. Nobody will recognize us. Uh, it's just moving dirt. It's just drawing lines on a field. There, there has to be something bigger, but the thing that God has placed in your hand to do is important. You see, the birth of the church also reminds us that we are a part of the body of Christ. And there are hands, and there are feet, and there are mouths, and there are noses. There, there, there is something for all of us to do. And if we miss the opportunity to look at the details, we will lose the understanding of what this all means. The festival is a celebration that Jesus uh, gave his life that we might have life. It is a, Easter is a celebration that our resurrected Lord is, is on the throne. It's a celebration that, that, that he is all that the scriptures proclaimed him to be in our lives and in the world. Fifty days later, we celebrate that same first fruits, not by just baking cakes and blowing out candles as the, 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 the children's moment said, it is a birthday, but that, that's not the focus. You see, the Holy Spirit has been given to us in order to give us the ability to walk out the purpose of the church. And even though we are empowered, even though we've been given the ability, we still have to walk. Say that again. Even though we've been empowered, even though we've been given the ability, we still have to walk. And so, people of God, as the Holy Spirit blows over us today, as, as the Spirit of God breathes into our lives, as we remember the birth of the church and the coming of the Holy Spirit, let us not forget that, that Jesus promised that he would empower us to be his witnesses. So that charge to go ye therefore to make disciples of all people groups, baptizing them in the name of the Holy Spirit, uh, the, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit is yet our charge. It is yet the charge of the church that was birthed even that day. It, 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 is, it is a charge that we have to live no matter what it might look like. Because if you continue reading in the scripture, you'll find that they were talked about, oh, these people are drunk. They, they've had that good wine because they are drunk in the middle of the day. Just as Jesus was persecuted when he proclaimed uh, the, the word of God, just as, as the prophets of old were persecuted when they said, thus said the Lord. So don't be mistaken that when you begin to live out the, the call of your life within the church, that, that there won't be persecution because they will be. Hate to be the bearer of bad news. But the, I want to walk so bad. But the reward of being a part of the church is so much greater. 
being able to speak the gospel to those that have not known Jesus is so much greater. Being able to, to talk to those that other people have forgotten is so much greater. Being able to walk across the barriers of, of race, of creed, of color, of age, of generations is so much greater. To be able to be the hands and feet of Jesus in a place where they said there would be nothing is so much greater to be empowered to speak to those dry bones and see them resurrected is so much greater you see the birth of the church is a great start but God has still given us work to do it is not finished what does this mean it means that you the individual sitting in these pews you the individuals in our virtual audience you the people that have yet to hear this message but will all have value, all have purpose, and you all matter. You have been empowered by the Spirit of God, given the ability to walk and to function and to move, but you have to be willing to do the work. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you.